0: protesters removing the police barricades and pushing the riot police back.
1: People in Sri Lanka rioted because in one year, the country slipped into extreme poverty. (laughs) A big reason is because Sri Lanka's government fell under the influence of the world's hardcore environmentalists. The green generation has risen up. We must go from harming our planet to healing it. Many governments have embraced the idea that pure nature is best. For most of our history, humans lived
2: in harmony with nature.
3: But we have shattered that balance.
0: Creating a climate catastrophe.
1: We need the countries to work together. UN officials now say the climate crisis requires countries to cut nitrogen waste.
4: There is only one earth.
1: Because chemical fertilizers give off nitrogen emissions, activists applauded when Sri Lanka decided to become
2: the first organic-only economy in the world.
1: The country's president banned all synthetic fertilizers. Banned. We Americans paid little attention, but media in the area saw the effects. They were forced to go organic overnight, and their production has plummeted since. Suddenly, the same farms produced much less food Food prices rose
5: 80%.
2: That
1: sparked these protests.
2: They want the whole political class to leave.
1: The protesters stormed into the president's mansion. The president resigned the next day. It turns out that people need chemical fertilizer. Modern chemicals, in most cases, are pretty good. Of course they are. Michael Schellenberger, once named one of Time Magazine's Heroes of the Environment, now says today's green dogma would lead to mass starvation. We could
0: only support two to three billion people on Earth if we just relied on natural fertilizers like manure. There's eight billion people. Why can't we make more organic manure? It takes twice as much land just to produce all the cows that you need the manure from. Mm. So synthetic fertilizers are a friend to saving nature because they reduce how much land we need. Now the environmental purists
1: are making excuses for Sri Lanka. They say it's ridiculous to single out the fertilizer ban as the cause, as Schellenberger does. (laughs) I don't
2: think
0: it's ridiculous to point out there was agricultural collapse after they banned fertilizers.
1: Organics advocates made this video saying...
2: The country needed time to change and adjust to the organic way of farming.
1: You might be able to become poorer over
0: five or ten years rather than over six months, but the result is going to be the same either way. There were other causes of the problems, higher oil prices, COVID, other stuff happened. But those same problems affected other countries where the economies did not collapse. What made the difference in Sri Lanka was its fertilizer ban.
2: But
1: environmentalists are right to be concerned about chemical fertilizers. The nitrous oxide they emit is a greenhouse gas. And when nitrogen runs off into waterways,
2: it can create dead zones where fish and other aquatic species are unable to survive.
0: Absolutely, we should be concerned, but that's best dealt with through a gradual process of farmers getting better at applying the
1: fertilizer to their crops. Farmers are already doing that.
3: She spends more than $100,000 a year on manufactured fertilizer.
1: Since fertilizer is expensive, farmers have an incentive to make sure it's not wasted as pollution.
6: We want to make sure we get that fertilizer to the plant.
0: We know that you can significantly reduce pollution while producing the same amount of food.
1: In the Netherlands,
0: they reduced fertilizer pollution by 70%.
1: But now Dutch farmers are protesting because their government now wants so much more reduction that thousands of farms would have to shut down. It's out of control, it's completely unnecessary.
3: We have to get to 100% renewable
0: energy.
1: We see the same extremism with ideas like the Green New Deal. We have to get to 100%
0: renewable energy. We're in the worst energy crisis in 50 years.
3: Energy prices going from record to record.
0: And yet here we are, governments are trying to make energy more scarce and expensive. European power plants are desperately trying to buy coal because wind energy hasn't performed It's totally insane there's no other word for it.
1: This pursuit of a chemical-free world is insane. Modern technologies like chemical fertilizer make people's lives better. Stopping that progress brings disaster. With poverty soaring, one in five Sri Lankans are going hungry.
2: People have no gas to cook,
3: people have no money to buy food, so this has to stop.
1: Sri Lanka today, the world tomorrow, Let's hope the hardcore environmental left doesn't get its way. Thanks for watching this video. If you enjoyed it, remember subscribe and hit the notification bell to make sure you get the next one. Trust the science. Trust the science. The superheroes, the scientists. I'm tired of hearing that. Ah, trust the. Today, fewer Americans say they trust science. They don't trust science because science is increasingly untrustworthy. Science writer Andrew Follett has analyzed research for NASA and the Energy Department.
2: The only group that trusts science right now is Democrats. I trust the scientists.
1: Maybe that's because much government science is being misused by politicians. For example. Some activists want to limit ocean fishing with something they call the Climate Solutions Act. It calls climate change the greatest threat to American national security and promises equitable solutions to every special group of victims. The administration's deputy director of climate told Congress that the bill will bring
2: Exciting, urgently needed progress on climate change.
1: Jane Lubchenco cited this paper that made the remarkable claim that closing more of the ocean to fishing can increase catches of fish. I saw oceans of opportunity. But oops, the paper was retracted. One scientist called its logic biologically impossible. And it turned out the paper was written by Lubchenco's brother-in-law. But she never told Congress that. Or that she edited the paper. It's an egregious violation. Her goal is to get the government to spend more on environmental regulation. And the party in power likes that. So they don't they don't care if she just breaks the rules?
2: They could not care less. Her job, from their perspective, is to generate papers that rationalize and justify the regulations they want to impose. The White House never
1: punished Lipchenko for her ethics violation. In fact, after her testimony, she was appointed co-head of President Biden's Scientific Integrity Task Force.
6: We need to have scientific integrity.
1: Now the National Academy of Sciences has banned her for her improper conduct. Yet she's still head of Scientific Integrity for the White House. Today's bad government science goes well beyond a few bad actors. A lot of what's called science today
2: is just left-wing advocacy new fields like fat studies, African studies, Latinx studies, queer studies. These fields are essentially entirely fake.
1: Fake? Well, some of it's clearly fake because specialists in these fields keep being fooled by people who submit gibberish. This ridiculous paper, Embracing Fatness as Self-Care, in the Era of Trump, was accepted by this university's fat studies conference. It was written by this person. Hello, I am C. Matheson. The conference invited C. Matheson, who is actually comedian Stephen Crowder, to speak via Zoom. Crowder disguised himself as a woman and did. You may believe wrongly, as many people do, that fat is a threat to your life. His speech was absurd.
0: Every scoop of Ben & Jerry's should be seen as an act of resistance.
1: But attendees gave him rave reviews. What a talk. They praised his presentation of Donald Trump's fat phobia and said this could be part of how we fight rape culture. After the conference, the head of the Journal of Body Weight and Society even asked C. Matheson to review a scientific paper. <laughs> That's the concern. Crowder's just the latest person to pull off a hoax like that. I've now closely considered the revisions of your manuscript, Dog Park. And- These researchers fooled the journal Gender, Place, and Culture with a ludicrous paper on rape culture at dog parks.
0: And will recommend its publication in Gender, Place, and Culture.
1: In all, seven so-called scientific journals accepted their ridiculous submissions. Follett blames this perversion of science on the government. The
2: government wants to generate that kind of nonsense.
1: Now the government doesn't want nonsense studies. But it's science agencies, like much of America, have been taken over by leftists who want to promote their agenda and themselves. And in science, you promote yourself by getting papers published. Important
3: papers can advance careers, generate media interest, and secure essential funding.
1: And government provides most of that funding.
2: Nobody wants to publish something that goes against the paymaster's says.
1: You don't get the tenure track position unless you get published. And you don't get published unless...
2: You don't get published unless the
1: NSF likes your results. Or the NIH, or the CDC. That's how bad science gets published.
4: There was this
0: paper, well-funded by the National Science Foundation, and said that glacier science is
1: sexist.
3: Because the majority of glaciological knowledge that we have today stems from knowledge created by men, about men.
1: Our National Science Foundation gave her research team almost half a million dollars. It's our tax money paying for it. I'm ticked off. They're
2: giving it out specifically to promote their agenda.
1: Wrong as this is, I don't think most Americans know or care that People in government now use your money to promote progressive nonsense.
2: I mean, I think we'll all start caring when the bridges start falling down and the planes start crashing. That's the inevitable end result of this.
1: Hope you liked this video. And if you did, please click this button to help us make more. When Russia attacked Ukraine, people assumed Ukraine would fall in days. One reason the country hasn't is that volunteers from around the world rushed in to help, often at great risk to themselves. Who are these volunteers, and what do they do? My executive
4: producer, Maxim Lott, went to find out. This is Ukraine. Most of it is still free thanks to a heroic defense. But there have been enormous challenges. Often there was no food, no fuel, no medicine. What were people going to do? Fortunately, volunteers from all over the world sprang into action. They just went and asked people what they needed.
7: It was learning by doing.
4: Diedrich Gunestad is a 27-year-old Norwegian ambulance driver. He went to Ukraine when the war started, first delivering supplies then getting sick people out of dangerous areas
7: he's had an operation so he's stable but he's critical
4: ukraine's government just didn't have enough ambulances and paramedics to do the job
7: most of the things that happens here is being done by volunteers not government officials
4: how do the volunteers coordinate do you meet them at, at aid stations
7: online just Random meetings, we meet a new guy from America, he's a doctor, he came here uh, to help, he doesn't know anyone here, and we take him in and say, you can come with us, work with us. They get the people out of Ukraine, yeah, it works.
8: The people who put themselves in great danger are those who go right up to the front line.
4: Tom Palmer is an American volunteer with another group, the think tank Atlas Network. Using Zoom calls and social media, he raised more than a million dollars in aid and drove some of it in from Poland himself.
8: 16 hours of driving is really a long time and not even safe, but I had to do it.
4: This Ukrainian volunteer helped him figure out what was most needed.
8: And we started getting stuff, buying things that were needed. It was just astonishing to see this this network emerge. Mm -hmm. It wasn't centrally directed. I know this person who knows someone else and And her sister works for a company that can get that for us. And it solved a lot of these micro-problems that big hierarchies can't see.
4: Hierarchies, like the Red Cross. What is kind of the loss to doing everything through big organizations? There is
7: a lot of loss. It's not like someone is skimming off the top. It's just the cost of being
4: a big organization. Governments are even more bureaucratic. The Polish government wants to help Ukraine, but when Diedrich and I went to a depot for donated goods, Polish bureaucracy stopped him.
7: Now the like, uh, administration of city has a uh, like system for this. Okay, yeah, Then we don't have time to wait. Yeah. To Diedrich left empty-handed. It's more difficult now, I don't know why. It was the government, Polish government, who decided that. So now you have to write a letter to the Polish government with a list of what you need and then they can
4: maybe give you if they were nice. Another way government makes things harder is by creating mile-long lines at the border. People bringing in supplies and Ukrainians going back to safer parts of Ukraine first have to have their documents inspected by border guards. Usually, ambulances like Diedrich's are allowed to skip the line. We have the documents and everything to
7: skip it, and we are supposed to skip it, Uh, but sometimes there's a guard who doesn't like it. And we we have had patients almost dying
4: because of guards like that. This is the border checkpoint. Fortunately, there was no trouble with these guards. On the Ukrainian side of the border, I was surprised to see another line, even longer, miles of trucks trying to get to Poland.
7: I feel so sorry for the drivers of the trucks here. This is not only days, it could be a week.
4: Many of these trucks were going to pick up needed supplies, but they're slowed by the government's bureaucracy.
8: They were only allowing 400 Ukrainian trucks per day. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's just nothing. Uh, That was absurd. Why couldn't they bring in more, if you need to inspect them, get more inspectors? Just bring in more people from the civil service and say, okay, usually you're doing this, but uh, for the next month you're doing this instead.
7: You have maybe seven
4: checkpoints, and only two of them are open, so they could at least open all seven. As Diedrich and his crew go further inside Ukraine, they face additional risks.
7: They're still fighting near there, and there is a high risk of bombing. So we are a little… we are on the alert. We are going really close to the front lines, but ambulances are still a target for the Russians.
4: Just weeks ago, Diedrich's ambulance was hit with bullets. Surprise. Yeah, (laughs) shit. Fortunately, none of his crew was hit. Do you have a death wish or why do you do this?
7: We do it because we see that what we're doing helps.
4: Individual volunteers on their own camp do everything. They don't supply the military, they don't supply fuel, but they are saving lives. One thing Diedrich's team does is pick up patients at overburdened hospitals and take them to less busy facilities. (laughs) He also delivers supplies. St. Nicholas Hospital, uh,
7: they got for- everyone forgot about them. So they got all the supplies from us or people or small organizations like us.
8: He bring us uh, some medicines, some equipment, uh, which we need uh, so much.
7: They got nothing from the government
4: and nothing from the Red Cross. We have a chance to help the places that, that's forgotten. Others help by donating to this GoFundMe page, allowing Diedrich to keep doing his courageous work. I always have been the person who runs into dangerous situations.
7: So, maybe I'm crazy, I don't know. I think this work is so meaningful that I'm willing to die for it.
6: Republicans don't care. The Democrats don't care. Each political
1: party says, we'll solve your problems. And the other side? They're going to take us in the wrong direction. How do we come to such different conclusions? We think our politics are formed by rational analysis. We watch conservatives and liberals weigh their ideas, consume competing media, and then pick our party based on evidence. Show me the evidence. But it turns out something else is probably going on. I say that because I can predict your political party pretty accurately, just by knowing what you do for a living. If you give money to a political party, the government requires that party to ask you, what's your profession? I sell
0: propane and propane accessories.
1: Verdant Labs took this information and made this infographic. It illustrates how people's professions predict their politics. People in sales and the fossil-fueled industry mostly give to Republicans. Teachers overwhelmingly give to Democrats. It's just weird, flight attendants lean left, pilots lean right, why? Rob Henderson studies the psychology of politics.
0: Pilots, their job is whether they take off and land and everyone's alive. Whereas for flight attendants, their job is more reliant on how do people feel about you. The job differences
1: go on and on. Bartenders give to Democrats, most truck drivers to Republicans. Business owners lean right, artists lean left.
0: People who lean left tend to be more open, more creative, more interested in abstract ideas. People on the right tend to be more conscientious, more interested in sort of punctuality.
1: One more example, most psychologists lean left and people in the military lean right. You've lived and worked in both worlds.
0: Currently, I'm a doctoral candidate in psychology in Cambridge. But before this, my life was a lot
1: different. When he was 17, Henderson joined the Air Force. There, he says, most of his colleagues were conservative. He was sometimes teased for holding a liberal position. But it was all sort of good-natured. Not in academia, he says. Here, he sees actual hatred.
4: (laughs) I have a different vision down.
1: Henderson thinks it's because increasingly the left and right don't mix. 80% of us have just a few friends or no friends across the aisle. At colleges, there are now few conservatives. This study of thousands of PhD holding professors found more than 12 Democrats for each Republican. In sociology departments, it was 44 to 1. In communications, 108 to 0.
3: Now I want your job to be taken from you.
1: Spending all your time with people who agree with you can create hatred. This comedian jokes.
4: If you're a Republican in California, you better keep that to yourself.
0: People have no Republican colleagues, no conservative or libertarians that they're familiar with, that they get coffee with, that they interact with day to day.
8: What do we call people that go willy-nilly through life just doing things because it
1: feels good?
8: Democrats. It's
1: fun to stereotype people.
0: The two symbols of the Republican Party, an elephant and a big fat white guy who's threatened by change.
1: But such stereotypes, even if they're funny, don't move us forward. Remember, the data show that our political views generally come down to who we are, our experiences, and personalities. To understand the other side, shouldn't we talk to each other more? That's what we try to do with our videos. Bring both sides together to argue.
8: No, we're succeeding. Mm, I don't know about that.
1: Then both sides learn about the other side. Someone can hold different views, but still be a good person. After all, Most of us are good people, aren't we? (laughs) Would you like to pay zero federal income tax? There is a way to do that, legally. I'm moving to Puerto Rico. It's why YouTube star Logan Paul has moved his show from California. I feel like people are wondering why Puerto Rico. Taxes. It's It's one vertical. Yeah.
6: It's one. a big
2: one.
6: (laughs) It's 96% of a big one, which ironically is the same amount of money you keep every year if you move to
1: Puerto Rico. 96%. That's how much of your earnings you now get to keep if you move to Puerto Rico. You pay no federal income tax and must give just 4% of your income to Puerto Rico. Also, It's like the only place you can live with zero percent capital gains. No capital gains tax. I did it for the obvious benefit of being able to keep most of what I own. The tax break started after this Puerto Rican governor shrank the bureaucracy. You let 17,000 workers go. If you can't pay their salaries, what are you gonna do? He limited the tax break to people who move here and stay for at least six months a year.
0: Last year applications for these tax breaks nearly tripled. I
3: think it's horrifying.
1: Some people don't want those newcomers coming in.
3: It's an example of the continued colonization of the people of Puerto Rico.
1: But what AOC calls colonization, I'd call new opportunities.
0: One report showed that the tax beneficiaries created north of 40,000 jobs.
1: It's too bad that Puerto Rico didn't do this decades ago. They wouldn't be in the economic trouble they are today. A
3: lot of people are moving down here.
1: Social worker Melissa Da Silva moved here from Rhode Island. Now she runs her therapy and coaching business remotely from Puerto Rico. What's your life like there?
3: Like living in paradise every single day. I wake up and I have the ocean in front of me. I go out my back door. The rainforest is, you know, off in the distance. It's just a, a magical place to live. Also, awesome. I'm saving quite a bit 25% of my whole income.
1: It hasn't gotten much publicity in the mainland, and yet it's. Huge. People just don't really talk about it too much. Why not?
3: There's this fear of all of the people from the state side are going to come down and, you know, take over everything, which is understandable. I mean, from learning about the history of Puerto Rico, the Spaniards came over and decided it's going to be their island and decimated all the Native people who lived here. And then the state comes down and they decide it's going to be their island. And again, you know, the rights are taken away from
1: the people. That's a reason why some activists oppose this tax break.
2: We don't work in Puerto Rico! Get the f- out of Puerto Rico! They're- Like
3: invading our land.
1: They're invading our land.
3: And you know what? Honestly, there are some people that are doing that. I see people who come down and they just stay there six months and they're like, we're out of here. But there are people, you know, they want to give back to the island as well.
1: If you don't pay taxes, aren't you hurting Puerto Rico?
3: Well, I do pay taxes. I provide other things to the community as well.
1: She sells digital art and gives part of her earnings to a Puerto Rican charity.
3: There's some who are opening up schools.
1: I live my life in service. God bless Puerto Rico. Billionaire Brock Pierce moved here and now helps run the charity Toys for Tots. He also bought this hotel and is renovating another which had been abandoned after Hurricane Maria. It's expected to create 300 jobs. Others are building hurricane-resistant farms and tech companies. We
3: will not allow that to happen.
1: Still, some people always see such investment as a problem. As if someone making money means others must lose. But that's not how the world works. When markets are free, new wealth gets created, and most people win.
3: It is not acceptable.
1: AOC seems to think there are only winners or losers, subjects or rulers.
3: We are essentially importing a ruling class.
1: I like Da Silva's answer to that. A new ruling class.
3: The saying is like, all ships rise with a, a tide. Let's all grow with this.
1: Puerto Rico tried big government, strict regulations, handouts, and even a government controlled power company. This is our invitation. I bet tax breaks work better. Hope you like these videos. They're free, but they're not cheap. Please help us make more. Click on that button.
5: Have you noticed a shortage in the meat aisle? Hey,
6: where's the meat? You'd go to Wendy's to buy a hamburger and they were out of hamburger yet you could see cattle from the drive through
1: Congressman Thomas Massey.
6: How the hell can this be?
1: How can it be that with so many steer in America
2: yeah.
1: that we sometimes can't buy meat? The reason is stupid government rules. It boggles
6: my mind why Washington, D.C. needs to be involved in a transaction between me and that meat processor and a customer that's my neighbor.
1: Massey owns a small farm in Kentucky.
6: I'd rather deal with cattle than congressmen. At least they exhibit learned behavior. When you're born, you're born with the right to eat what you want. And why is the government getting in the middle and saying, no, you can't buy that? To keep you safe. The problem is they're not keeping you safe. They're keeping you away from good, healthy food. American
1: meat regulation began after Upton Sinclair, a socialist, worked undercover at a meatpacking plant, and then wrote this book, The Jungle. It was widely read, that novel. It's an outrage. The media were quickly filled with stories of rat infestations, widespread contaminated and diseased carcasses.
6: He's a socialist hero. There's always been propaganda out there in order to motivate the regulations and the laws.
1: The outcry over Sinclair's book led to Teddy Roosevelt initiating government meat inspection.
6: These inspectors are
1: highly trained men. What was the inspector's technique? Poke and sniff they'd stick those little spikes into meat and then quickly smell the spikes.
8: In their hands lies the responsibility for maintaining the wholesomeness of the meat we eat.
1: But poking and sniffing meant the inspectors often made things worse, because this spread disease from one carcass to the next. Sniffing these things was ridiculous, but governments often do ridiculous things. And regulators, once they start doing something stupid, tend to keep doing it. They didn't stop poke and sniff until the late 1990s. Today, at least, they do check for bacteria. But the inspection process is so slow and expensive, many small companies can't afford it. Today, we're here to talk about strengthening competition. President Biden recently complained that four big corporations control
4: more than half the markets in beef, pork, and poultry.
1: His remedy, sadly, was to pass out your tax money to other meat packers. What he doesn't understand is that subsidies and regulation cause market concentration.
6: The bigger the government, the bigger the corporations. People who don't like big corporations haven't figured that out.
1: The USDA has now issued a recall. In addition, centralized inspections require commingling meat that lets small problems become bigger ones.
6: Some meat processing plants around the country have become COVID-19 hotspots, forcing the temporary closure of at least 15 plants. We made our food supply brittle. By that, I mean, one small disruption throws the whole thing off. During the COVID shutdowns, ranchers
1: who couldn't get to a slaughterhouse killed their own animals. There's just simply nowhere to go with them. If only they'd been able to go to a local processor, like Massey's doing here.
6: We are hauling this steer a whopping three miles to deliver this to a processor that's not USDA.
1: That's this slaughterhouse.
2: 888 pounds.
6: If you go to a local processor, you're going to be able to walk inside.
1: Here he can see the conditions himself and talk to the owner.
6: You want to bring my team on the or Yes. My other option is to get on the interstate and drive three hours to a USDA facility for an appointment that I made a year and a half
1: before. The local slaughterhouse meets state inspection standards, and the USDA also makes inspections unannounced. Oh Yeah, we have them pop in just every once in a while but to get USDA certification. He's got to double his office space and another bathroom. They have to build a bathroom with a shower. Because he doesn't have that, Massey can't legally sell you a steak. We can come to your farm and you can give us steak, but you can't charge us a dollar for it.
6: So that right there tells you it's not about the safety, it's about the money.
0: I can't sell my neighbor a ham.
1: Lots of ranchers are mad about that.
2: I can't sell you a package of hamburger.
1: Massey says he has a solution to this government-caused waste. The Prime Act. Does everything you guys do have to have a silly acronym? (laughs) It helps. His Processing Revival Intrastate Meat Exemption would let farmers take animals to a state-approved slaughterhouse and then sell the meat with no federal meddling. You're
6: self-dealing. You're a cattle farmer. You're just trying to help yourself. John, I've got 50 cattle, so this is the most inefficient self-dealing any politician has ever engaged in.
1: Massey says he's doing it because Americans ought to have a right to eat whatever we want to buy. (laughs) Hope you enjoyed this video. Please click this button. That'll help us make more. Vladimir Putin, Xi Jinping, Kim Jong-un. Some Western leaders seem to envy the dictator's power. He speaks and his people sit up at attention. I want my people to do the same. President Obama once said it would be so much easier to be the president of China. Canada's silly prime minister talks about...
0: Admiration I actually have for China. Um, because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them Uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime.
1: It's dictator envy.
5: This utopian dream that if only someone at the top could just point us in a certain direction, everything would go well.
6: I alone can fix it.
5: People like a strong leader. People like a strong leader of their own imagination. One who does all those things that they've always dreamt
1: about. Dictators do get some things done. China covered this mountain in solar panels. What if we could just be China for a day? Thomas Freedom of New
5: York Times famously said that he wanted to be China for a day to solve global warming because it would all be so easy. We've heard lots of people in the West praising China for their ability to get wind turbines everywhere. But those Wind turbines don't produce more power. Around 30% of them are not even connected to the grid. And why is that? Because they didn't build them to make money. They built them because they wanted to meet a political goal.
1: China built a thousand bedded hospital in eight days. American media told us we should look to China to contain COVID. How uncomfortable is it that perhaps China's authoritarian ways did prevent this. I think they prevented a broader spread. But that leaves out the costs of the dictator's policies. Tens of thousands
5: forcibly bussed to quarantine centers.
4: The most brutal action against its own people. <laughs> Citizens being
2: hit, beaten.
5: The zero COVID policy has turned into a nightmare. That's what you get with dictators. If a government is big enough to give you anything. It's big enough to take everything away from you.
1: The dictator says that's just what we need to do to get rid of COVID. Xi Jinping turned zero COVID into
5: a symbol of his powers, his ability to, to run
1: things, run the world. That's why China is one country that has not said we must live with COVID. He cannot live with a virus like the rest of us have learned, because that would ruin his reputation. At the beginning of the pandemic, America imitated China's lockdowns.
4: This is the Volusia Sheriff's Office. Please adhere to social distancing guidelines.
1: If we see continued noncompliance, DWP will step in and shut off their water and power.
5: Oh, you are
8: so full of crap.
1: There was lots of political bickering. You want People want to to choose. hate this, but the fighting to does to push to us live. to consider new ideas. And in America, the strictest rules were eventually removed. This constant bickering and arguing is not weakness, it's strength. This is a strength because it means that we see different
5: things and we bring different ideas to the table. By contrast. When we have one guy at the top, they begin to fall for their own propaganda myth. Putin, for example, thought that his own military was in excellent shape. Ukraine was seen as a joke of a country, you know, a place of uh,
1: latte-drinking comedians. Ukrainian President Zelensky was a comedian before becoming president. His army was called Joke the ukrainian military is so weak so outmanned so
5: outgunned and they would just run away the moment they saw muscular russian paratroopers this is probably going to be a very quick operation by the russians but actually it was the other way around
3: this invasion has been a
7: strategic disaster for russia
5: they were going to take over Most of the country in a week. That was the plan. It's been a complete fiasco. The
7: Ukrainian
6: farmers towing Russian armored vehicles. Some Russian soldiers are punching holes in their
5: own fuel tanks in freer countries. Journalists, people online would have seen those problems already and brought them forth. But in Russia, no one wants to bring Putin
1: bad news. Uh,
5: You all just want to make the leader happy. You don't want to point
1: out the problems, and anyone who does might end up in jail. So dictators get bad information and make bad decisions because there's no open dissent, no bickering.
5: This bickering is pointless. This is the Tarkin mistake. Princess Leia in Star Wars tells Tarkin of the Empire. The
2: more you tighten your grip, Tarkin, the more star systems will slip through your fingers.
5: That's what happens when you centralize. You will lose individual initiative. You will lose local knowledge. If you can mobilize everybody in one direction, well, sometimes they mobilize us all over the cliff. (laughs) Got it!
6: The Russians still
7: don't have enough gas and have run out of food.
5: <laughs> democracy cannot guarantee the best governance, but it can prevent the worst from happening. That is enough. And that's really what, what freedom and democracy is about. It doesn't guarantee us heaven, but at least it makes us uh, sure that we won't end up in hell.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: Thanks for watching this video. If you enjoyed it, remember, subscribe and hit the notification bell to make sure you get the next one.